The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Podcast Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. This is Daniel Way, and uh, I'm sorry to say you're listening to Nerdy Show. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. Hi, I'm Aaron. Hi, I'm Tony. And this is a Nerdy Show comic show. What? It's been a while since we've talked comics on the show, as far as like a show dedicated to talking comics. So uh, we figured we'd do that now. Us three here are going to talk about um, our favorite recent comics in the past, I don't know, six months or so. Can we talk about our least favorite, too? Oh, yeah, we, we sure can. Buddy, oh buddy old pal. Boy. <laughs> and Let me just say it's new and it's future's end. <laughs> but uh, more on that in a second. Later this episode, we'll also be hearing from our dear pals, Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener, co-creators of Atomic Robo. And they have a pretty big announcement that uh, we're going to... A paradigm shift. Yeah, you, yes, you could say a, a complete paradigm shift for them, maybe for the tone of indie comics in general. I have an excite. So later in this episode, we'll hear from those guys. Plus, we're including a microsode we recorded with myself, Tony, and long-lost nerdy show host Luke McDuffie on the subject of non-mainstream comics. But right now, what you reading, fellas? Oh, wow. I know, it's a, it's a big A list. lot of image, a whole lot of image. Image is a, a image metric been, shit ton of image. Oh, yeah. Image has been just knocking it out of the park. It's funny, right? They were everything that was wrong with the 90s, and they're everything that's right with comics now. <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. really. <laughs> you talk about the big two, and image is still independent because it's creator-owned, but they are dominating right now. Anybody who's reading comics is inevitably reading a number of image titles. When you think of the big two, when you think of Marvel DC, all the best stuff of Marvel DC is things that were inspired by Image. Or that are being written by other people who are also doing spectacular work in the independent right. scene. Like things that seem like they're letting them do a creator-owned type stuff with a company character. Absolutely. I mean, yes. Fraction with both Hawkeye and then Sex Criminals, he's knocking out of the park no matter where he's writing. There's uh, Alice Cott doing both Zero and then Secret Avengers, which has been a lot of fun. Right, and the Batgirl stuff. Oh, is incredible. Not that issue 37, but the other stuff. <laughs> <laughs> the new Batgirl has so much personality to it. And I mean, hell, what just they, came they, out? They, the, her new costume, I mean, in fact, the, the entire reimagining of uh, Barbara Gordon as like a Twitter phenomenon. She's really cool, but in some ways also played to the cheap seats because they manufactured a Tumblr hit. Literally, that's what they did. Pretty right. much. And as a Tumblr user, she popped up a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, on top of Batgirl, there's also the undefeatable Squirrel Girl that just came out that has a lot of that indie flair. Yeah, well, I mean, that is written by Ryan North of oh, yeah. um, Dinosaur Comics. He's done Adventure Time uh, up until very recently. He basically. I wonder why he left. <laughs> was, was that the Midas Touch guy? The Midas Flesh. Yeah, I read that on Cap's suggestion. And it was awesome. Yeah, that was uh, number five in our top 20 nerdy things of last year. And now Squirrel he's, Girl is kind of gearing up to be on the top nerdy thing. I love this book. <laughs> right. I love this book. It that is, first issue was everything I wanted in a girl or a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> and a squirrel girl, the, the actual squirrel character that is a female squirrel. I like uh, the song. Yeah, it's funny seeing a little bit of Ryan North's style because he's still got like the little very light text it, at the bottom yeah, of he each does, page. He does this thing that actually I kind of take issue with personally. 
because I want to read everything, and I, then I have to I have to train myself to like, no, don't read that text down there. Read the book, then go back and read the tiny, tiny, tiny text printed at the bottom of the frame. Well, you see, Tony, who is a giant commentary nerd, is sitting there getting commentary in real time, and it's beautiful. It's marvelous. Squirrel girl, squirrel girl. And, and uh, do you have ADHD? No, huh. maybe. Kate Leith, she borrowed that from Ryan North in her Bravest Warriors comic, and sometimes there's like secret messages in there, and I'm like. Girl, I don't have time for that shit. <laughs> Ain't nobody got time for that. That's yeah, an internet meme, but speaking kids. Speaking of that, like, Squirrel Girl could have been by Boombox. If, if she wasn't a previously existing Marvel character, yeah, <laughs> yes, 100%. Seriously, that's awesome. Okay, this is going to sound silly. Boombox or Boom Comics? Boombox is the, the boom all ages. Sub-imprint okay, of all, like, the cool stuff. I didn't know. Like, Lumberjanes. Well, and, oh, okay. They just released a compilation, an oversized compilation, featuring an exclusive Midas Flesh story. So, um, perhaps... You can go to your local comic shop and still get a hold of that. It's oversized, but it's still like stapled. It's boombox mixtape. That sounds absolutely appropriate. Speaking of boom, they're putting out one of my favorite books right now. It's called Wild's End, and it's by Abnet, as in Dan Abnet of Guardians of the Galaxy, and uh, drawn what? by I and J Culbert. And it is a cool, like, what if Wind in the Willows was mashed up with War of the Worlds and was like really serious? Holy shit. So Abnet was... was the furry that wanted Rock Raccoon in <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy. Right? Maybe. Well, I mean, like, given what we know here, that this is his book, you right? Know, he made the Rock Raccoon whole phenom because he's a furry. Let's be real. Like, I mean, speculating. Right. Well, I mean, that's, that's valid. Also... Anthropomorphic animal enthusiasm has been a thing <laughs> since the dawn of humanity. So, uh, yes, that could be a sincere possibility. Piggybacking off of Wild's End a little bit, just talking <laughs> about anthropomorphic comics that are kind of big right now. Oh, come tooth on. Tooth and nail. What? Like, you're really going to segue to tooth and nail from that? Well, tooth and claw, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, Tooth and Claw. I Tooth read and issue, Claw is incredible. I just read issue three before I came here in you PDF form. Dick. Fuck it's you! It's so good. I love Fuck that you book. Sideways. Like I have spoilers for you guys. Written by uh, Kurt Busiek, and it's actually called The Autumn Lands now because it turns out <laughs> Image published a book called Tooth and Claw a couple years ago, and they didn't even realize right. it. Right? Uh, there's there's copyright things now and again in comics where they didn't realize something was already trademarked or copyrighted, but it's never really the same publisher. <laughs> Which <laughs> I, I gotta say. The first issue is is fucking impressive. 48 pages, no ads, three bucks. And yeah. It's what the fuck? Talking animals in this world of magic that's dwindling and uh, absolutely it, incredible to look at. And it's like the, the magic yeah. dwindling is kind of like a metaphor for like fossil fuels, right, guys? Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Add social commentary. I just want to enjoy my goddamn picture book, Aaron. <laughs> it's so good. It's great writing and great art. And it even plays up the whole thing with like um, class warfare and that sort of thing. And the idea of the Messiah is what you make it. Yes. And the Messiah, like, it's so grounded. Was Jesus that? Was he just some dude that's like, fuck you guys. I'm just trying to do the right thing. Why do you keep making up these great stories about me that aren't real? Life of Brian would would have you believe that. I know Life of Brian, dude. Seriously. Oh, and by the way, I want to mention that. All these books we're talking about, we're going to link to where you can pick them up. A lot of them have either collections that are forthcoming that you can pre-order or that are already out or that are about to be out. Like Wild's End is an issue away from finishing. I'm sure that the collection is not far behind. And with Image, even if you do get some stuff digital, I really think that you should consider getting Image Volume 1s in hard in copy. Form. Because 
it's only nine ninety nine. Image Volume ones are nine ninety nine, and uh, that's and just such I, a good deal. I you read on the toilet, seriously. I can't tell you how many times that I have gone out after because I I lose my single issues. I'll go out and I'll buy the first volume, and then I mean, for example, Nerdy Show's community manager Trench that's, never read stuff by Brian K. Vaughn like Saga that sort of thing. So I was like, here, I've got asshole. the first two volumes. Read yeah. them. It's cheap enough that you don't mind losing a volume because oh, well, I'll just go pick up another one. Get more people into comics is what I'm saying, particularly Saga, which good is comics. still incredible. Good comics. Get more people into good comics. Absolutely. And that's what we're talking about. What's next, Cap? Well, uh, we, we could talk about Shudder. Oh, Shudder. That's I a haven't book. read Shudder. Like, I supported that from the beginning just because I'm friends with Joe Keaton, who writes it. So, you know, like, if you smoke weed with a guy out of an apple, you kind of have to, like, <laughs> have that Are you point. allowed to say that? I mean, it was in California where it's legal, right? If you enjoy apples, <laughs> read Shudder. It was Shutter. organic, Cap. It was organic. <laughs> Can't argue with that. After that, you kind of, you know, you, you formed a bond. Right, and, yeah. And you have to be kind of supportive well, of your bro. Well, you know, I, like, I formed a bond with Joe Keating based on the merit of his work with Glory, which right? was a book based on an old image property from which back was when terrible. it sucked. And he and Ross Campbell turned that book into something that was incredible. Yeah, it was basically just like a ripoff of Wonder Woman with no depth by Rob Liefeld. And right? then all I mean, of a sudden, here comes Joe Keating's version, which Years has, and years like, later. Years and years later, and depth character development, mutilation, yeah. a strong female lead, mm -hmm. holy god. A really phenomenal sci-fi story, yeah. Joe Keating and Ross Campbell kicked ass with glory, so I was very interested in Shudder, and Shudder is a, turns out, great book, not really a surprise, and uh, Leela Del Duca, the art, man, fantastic. Such a great combination of, like, realism and also kind of an animated style. Exactly, and consistent. I don't know what this artist has done in the past, but Damn if it's not like consistent pro work every issue. It's like um Johnny Quest, if Johnny Quest's dad was actually like a dick, you know, like right. okay, you have like the adventuring all that. So Venture jargon. Brothers? Well, right, like but Venture Brothers, but not considerably weirder. Not incompetent. Because, yeah. you know, <laughs> like just like actually like good PR, so everyone still thinks that he was just this amazing adventurer and he died a hero, because you either die the hero or you live to be the villain. So you, you have to die to be the hero. And what if all these monsters and different things that he was against and killed and whatever, what if they were just normal beings that... Uh, yeah, the weird... Like, what if he was a racist motherfucker? What if, like, <laughs> monsters... You know, that's racism, right? The, the weird alligator wearing the janitor's outfit that he, like, fires pistols at. That was mm -hmm. just a janitor. That, that, was, that, right. was, that, that guy had feelings and right. a name. He would be marching with Martin Luther King. You know what I'm saying? Like with the sanitation workers, right? He like, might have eaten a couple of the other protesters, because let's face it, he is at the end of the day an anthropologist. You are a alligator. fucking racist, Tony. Stop talking. Listen, this is realism, sir. I'm getting real. I'm not saying that he doesn't if, deserve if, rights. If the I'm real just Tony is racist, okay. Speciest. Speciest, let's be fair, because he's an alligator. So the book it's is an about, allegory um, for black people. It's, an alligator for black people? It's an allegory. <laughs> God uh, damn it, Tony. Go on, Cap. An alligator gory. Um, <laughs> the, the book is about that famous science adventurer's daughter and her robot alarm yeah. cat. Yes. And uh, the horrible life or death situations they're thrown in because um, she finds out she's not the only kid he had. All the lies and deceit of the father. Yeah. What? It is a great book. It's set in a very cool world with all kinds of animal people and weird mystical sci-fi stuff everywhere and I mean they haven't even begun to really touch on how or why right. if there is even a There's reason. There's only eight issues so far but like just to tell you like if your dad is dead imagine if your dad faked his own death and read this book. 
<laughs> now, what if your dad is actually dead? That's what I just said, Tony. I want oh. you to read this book. Okay. <laughs> I, I, will, I will bring it home with a beer and work through some issues. Do it. Uh, Comic issues! Shall we talk about Jupiter's legacy just a little bit? Because uh, the, the last newest issue was great. It was amazing! Jupiter's legacy is um, one of the latest books from Mark Miller of uh, Kick-Ass fame. It's about a, a legacy of superheroes. The children of the world's greatest right. superheroes. Offsprings and whatnot. And like, you know, the JSA, the JLA, the Teen Titans type of thing. What if they were to DC. exist in and this like, world And like this of... new generation of like Paris Hilton-y whatever, that they're just famous for being famous. They're famous for what their parents have done. And exactly. what can they really do outside of just endorsing products and whatnot? And then there's a coup because it's gone too far. And then they're outlawed. And then and shit then hits things. the fan. Yeah. Yeah. And the latest issue kind of kind of wraps all that up, and it's the grandson of the world's greatest heroes kind of coming into his own. It was gorgeous. It was wonderful. And as with everything that Mark Millar has been doing recently, it only makes me sad because it's probably going to be another year before I see another issue. This issue five was double-sized. Which just means that now we have to wait even longer for the They're next They're almost like, like people waited so long for this shit. We better not even do an issue six. Let's just make issue five double sized. All the goodwill we have left with these people. Let's give them the end of this all together. Which, to be fair, it was incredible. Frank Quietly's work is as good as it's ever been. Yeah, I really sincerely think that he should switch to doing original graphic novels. Like that, that's, I don't, I don't know how he could possibly like, Juggle seven different series and a movie it, career. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it, oh, I should also mention, you know, of kick-ass fame, right? Well, Kingsman, which comes out early February, was originally a book called Secret Service, and it's great. The book was incredible. The movie, when I saw the first trailer, I was... Mark Hamill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark Hamill is not in the, the film, right? Well, he might be. We don't know. Well... First five pages if, of the first if, issue. It's not that big a spoiler. Yeah, in, in case... This doesn't make it in the film. Here's what you're missing. Here's why you might want to read the book. It opens with Mark Hamill as himself being kidnapped. And interrogated about the prequels. <laughs> Which, quite frankly, we all wanted to know. Because bear in mind, this was before episode seven had even become a thought. Right. The movie looks incredible. I can't wait to see Colin Firth kick some ass. I know. It's a fair... That trailer was so good. It, it was trailer was great, but that was just thinking like, wow, that is a fair approximation of just how late this book has been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, Marky Poo. Switch to trades, man. <laughs> Since we've been talking almost exclusively indies right now, let's go to our microsode on comics outside the mainstream. Aaron isn't in it, but Tony is, along with... I'm Luke of Sometimes These Guys Let Me Participate. Ah, uh, your nerdy show, Luke. Don't be bashful. Yeah. He's just late. <laughs> it's just been a long time. Hey, you want to hear the theme song? Here's yeah. the theme song. Sometimes Luke's not quite as cool as he might like to think. It's time for Luke. He's late to Yeah, welcome back, Luke McDuffie. Right now, hey guys, we're going to talk about non-mainstream comics. This is presented to us by Zombie Pops, who, at the time of suggesting this microsode, was working on his doctoral thesis. He said, "Thesis defended. It's all over, but a mountain of paperwork, which means I can now return to focus my brain to fun stuff." And with that, I have an idea for a microsode: non-mainstream comics, or as Oni Press would call it, real mainstream. Before going back to school made me stop collecting comics, the vast majority of what I ended up collecting wouldn't have fallen into standard superhero genre by the likes of Marvel or DC. My box is filled by Dark Horse, Sirius Oni, and self-published fare. Comics like Usagi Ojimbo, which if you only know him from his crossovers with TMNT, you should really check out. Bone, 
Poison Elves, or Dark Minds. I really enjoy your coverage of Atomic Robo, and I'd love to see you guys extend to more non-mainstream comics. In addition, a huge thank you to everyone involved with Nerdy Show for keeping me entertained and sane throughout the past several years while I worked through grad school. Thanks, Dr. Zombie Pops. And thank you, Dr. Zombie Pops, for requesting this and having us talk about the comics that I love the most. <laughs> Congratulations, Dr. Zombie Bob. I, am, I have audio dyslexia. I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so non-mainstream comics. What does that mean? To me, I mean, just based on his description, anything that ain't DC or Marvel. So if it falls under the image banner, if it falls under like Scholastic. Now, image that is opens tough. so many more possibilities for me. I approve of this definition. Image is difficult because image is definitely number three. And so, The Walking Dead is one of the biggest cultural phenomenons of present day. So we won't talk about Walking Dead. Walking <laughs> Dead's off the table. Can we talk about Hellblazer and or Sandman? It's a good question because both those titles though Vertigo are part of the DC universe, and Vertigo sometimes acts as an imprint that is just DC's imprint for stuff that would normally be indie fair, but comics like those are actually part of the DC continuum, so it's hard to say. Uh, I, I wouldn't count those, aside from saying that both of those series are fucking amazing and everybody needs to read them. Maybe we should just say, yes. we'll stick to the most obscure stuff we've got, because it's the stuff that needs the most love. The more we talk about definitions, the less time we can talk about Cerebus. Exactly. Cerebus. <laughs> Let's talk about Cerebus, the longest-running graphic narrative of all time. Well, graphic novel of all time? I forget the phraseology, but it is the longest of whatever it is specifically. Graphic novellative. Yeah. Graphic novellative uh, revolver. Slowly breaking apart of a man's mind. <laughs> <laughs> it is very graphic. Cerebus the Aardvark is one of the most important independent comics ever made. It's uh, 300 issues about the life of a anthropomorphic aardvark started as a parody of Frank Frazetta, Conan-style barbarian stuff, and uh, went on to parody everything from the Marx Brothers to the life of Oscar Wilde and Mick Jagger and... Uh, Red Sonja, uh, The Tick, kind of, or Wolverine, maybe. Well, and even it, <laughs> it was a, char a character called The Roach, who Dave Sim, creator of Cerebus, is fairly certain was borrowed from heavily by Ben Edlund to create The Tick. You will not talk ill of Ben Edlund. And even to tie back to Zombie Pops, also had a crossover with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, in, uh, in the early issues of TMNT. So what's Cerebus about? Well, it starts off as this parody, and it's a very tongue-in-cheek barbarian parody, but it gets very, very serious and is one of the greatest things I've ever read. I have never laughed as hard or felt like crying as much while reading many things, especially comics. Not that I don't love comics or have emotional reactions to it, but it's just a whole different ballgame. Don't lie to me, Luke. I know you're dead inside. And, and the art goes no. from being very simplistic style parody of the pulp comics of the time to being some of the most complex art that's ever been in print. It's intense stuff. We won't make this a Cerebus <laughs> microsoft. No Kev and I have traded many words over Cerebus already. It, it's very, very complex. It's, it's definitely something if you get into, you get into it hard. I recommend starting at the second book, High Society. Oh, yeah. Starting from the beginning is great. But if you want to really see what it's all about, start at High Society, then maybe go backwards. And then go the uh, Groucho sort of character insertion is really in full swing at that point, isn't he? Yeah. Julius? Yeah. Yes, yes. Cerebus is so good. We'll link to where you can get it on this episode's page. Now, one thing I do want to just kind of step into real quick, just as kind of a general statement. One of the benefits of, of reading non-mainstream comics, something that isn't of the big two, is the freedom that these comics have to really fuck with their readers. Because big two, you, there's kind of the status quo that needs to be maintained that doesn't with creator-owned or more independent or non-mainstream stuff characters can die. 
and stay dead. If nothing else, you're, you're dealing with characters that aren't 50, 60 years old. Exactly. And don't have to come back in order to satisfy a movie quotient. You're never going to see a, a moment where the latest creator-owned thing from uh, J.M. Straczynski has a, a film tie-in, so they got to bring a character back because, well, you know, people are going to want to buy the issues again. Because the series odds are, by the time it gets optioned for a film, it's going to be done. So it's more engaging storytelling that way. You can have stories that focus around villains that don't need to be redeemed in order to satisfy a bottom line. It's true. So we should share some of our favorites, both old and new. I got a stack of books in my lap right now. There's all kinds of fun stuff here from many, many, many genres. Since you've got your lap stack, Cap, why don't we start with you? Cool. Well, I'd be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to Bob Burden, who created Flaming Carrot. Of course. Which is one of the funniest counterpoints to the superhero genre there is. A great book put out by very, very indie publication, Castle and Key, Jay Gonzo's La Mano del Destino. There's the Hand a, of Destiny. Yeah. It's a luchador comic book, which is uh, very conceptual. Jay Gonzo is not just an artist and writer, but, but a designer. So it has a very particular art style where the book itself is meant to be an artifact from a 1950s Mexico that never was. A Mexico that had the prosperity that America had post-World War II, economically doing very well, and uh, many of their political decisions are decided by luchador matches. And Why at, do we not have this system in American politics today? As such, the way the book is colored and printed and designed is very much in this like Kirby-esque style that also is very distinctly Mexican and has a color palette that deals in fluorescence, like a simple ink palette that could have been used at the time if they loaded their machines with the kinds of colors that they may have loaded them with in 1950s Mexico. That's ridiculous. And it tells a powerful story of redemption and is everything that's great and dynamic about wrestling. <laughs> sound wow. of my mind being blown. That is quite a stack you have, Cap. Yeah, I got quite a stack here. So let's, let's shuffle on to uh, you, Tony. What you got? Well, I am, I am a, a tad more well-known side of things. I mean, just to piggyback off Zombie Pops, love Bone, love everything that Jeff Smith has done. Razzle and more recently, Tukey. Yeah, Tukey rocks. And Tukey. I, I love Razzle. Razzle's great. I got to give a shout out at least to Lock and Key and more recently the Little Nemo comic that's come out with art by Gabriel Rodriguez because Gabriel Rodriguez is absolutely mind-blowing. And the art that he puts together, his draftsmanship, his panel layout, it blows me away. Yeah. And as an artist, I, I really dig that stuff when it's done well. Blocking key is one of the most important things to happen to um, metaphysical horror or supernatural books in general in any genre in the past 10 years. It still provides like a satisfying kind of heartwarming ending that didn't leave me crying in bed at night, which I appreciate because I don't need to do that. Yeah, right. Horror doesn't have to be bleak all the time. One other comic that I wanted to give a shout out to is actually Death Vigil by an artist that I had been following on, on DeviantArt for a long time that just kind of blew up. He does it all himself, the writing, the art. It's about the Grim Reaper and the other Reapers she brings along with her, people who have led a decent life. When they die, she gives them the option to, to join her in harvesting souls. And artwork's gorgeous. It's got a pretty compelling story and just is thoroughly entertaining. So... Give that a recommend. Luke McDuffie, why don't you come on down tell us about your most favorite non-mainstream comics? I have the least indie cred. Uh, the Cerebus is my most obscure thing. So the ones that I've read are the like image and Vertigo stuff. But I have read lots and lots of the old like Grant Morrison runs of Hellblazer. And I read it through all of Preacher. Both of those got to me right as I was hitting my uh, Everything Sucks and I'm 18 time of life. Preacher's a good so book that for was that, awesome. man. <laughs> That'll oh, open God, your mind. Man, fucking meat puppet. Um, <laughs> I'm, and, uh, <laughs> say the name. 
I will also recommend Irredeemable. As somebody who loves Superman, it's a great alternate take on that kind of character. And, uh, of course, Invincible. Yeah. I mean, if you want an alternative hero comic, Invincible is... I mean, people die, and that's it. Shit's real. Oh, and uh, I did also want to mention Chew, which I have only read the first two trades of, but it is fantastic, and I really need to hunt down the rest. Yeah, Chew finally, finally is getting the attention it deserves from Hollywood. It's getting an animated series soon. No, that's awesome. It's about a world where chicken is illegal, and you have to have chicken speakeasies, and it's a detective who... Is a uh, sebopath. Yeah, that means that he eats something, and he sees its past. Like a and not, not for like horrible spoilers, but it, the first case opens with him eating something at a restaurant, and he sees a human being killed, chopped up, and put into the soup. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> and it Good goes times. from there, and you get a whole bunch of different psychic abilities or psychopathic abilities, depending on who's and using it, the them. The world in general is a wonderful mix of comedy and that like super darkness, like somebody being chopped up and put into soup. But it, it goes down easy with the laughs. It and does. the art style is very style. I like the style they go for. If you're looking for something that can expand your mind and uh, you can read right now for free, there's a book called Forming by Jesse Moynihan. And he's a guy who uh, works on Adventure Time. He's definitely responsible for some of the most surreal stuff coming out of there. And uh, he was also one of the creative talents behind the recent cartoon hangover one shot that's likely to turn into a full series soon called Manly. If you've seen that, it's this basically very geometric, brightly colored alternate universe space god metaphysical time tripping fanny pack kind of drugs Xavier Lots Renegade of drugs. Angel? it's a lot like Xavier Renegade Angel but more math if that makes any sense you'll have to see no. it to believe it his book forming which is uh well there's two volumes of forming out it's a collection of web comics that have been well they've been collected they're collected web comics they're great to read in print and it's a retelling of the origins of earth using vague semblances of ancient god myths and hermaphroditic space aliens and all kinds of abstract sex and violence it's very lynchian very it's hard to describe i i kind of wish i could just show it to you it's like I'm, i need to touch your forehead and then all the designs will appear and align in your mind like some kind of spectrograph so let's give that a shot touch my forehead cap uh, here, here it comes uh, do you see it do you see the colors i'm pressing my phone to my forehead it, it's it's like <laughs> Describing it will make me sound like that video on YouTube of the housewife who drops LSD and... <laughs> That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> Man, I, I could keep going. We really... And it, I, you just opened up the webcomic barrel, yeah, so I'm I not going to go in. There's I know. so much. So much. Oh, buddy. Yeah. I can talk about Webb and Brown. Shout out to Multiple Warheads. Shout out to Manhattan Project. Shout out to East to West. Shout out to the auteur. Thanks to God. And to Luke McDuffie. <laughs> and to Luke hey. McDuffie. That's all. That's all we got. Peace. But hey, that's not even remotely the end of books outside the mainstream that we could mention. For example, Sex Crims. Sex Crims right. is fucking incredible. Yeah. It's what you call Sex Criminals by Matt Fraction and Chip Zdarsky. Absolutely. It's uh, what the hip kids are saying. Yeah. It's what where... you... That's how you refer to it when you're in the know. Absolutely. For um, those of you not in the know, it's a, it's a story about these two individuals who like to fuck, and when they do, can slow down time and thus steal things. Yeah, it's a special thing, you know, when you masturbate as a kid and you discover, oh, I can have orgasms, you might also discover that I can stop time, and is this normal? And then the whole sexual insecurity of being a teenager gets even weirder. Or maybe it's like a reimagination of, like, mutants, where it's like, um, (laughs) you know, like, when you get your mutant powers during adolescence, like, isn't, like, adolescence itself seems like a mutation? You start growing hair in different places, and... Your, Some of your, us shoot yeah. your body starts like doing different things and 
Like ejaculate is kind of like an energy projection. Yeah, pretty and much. Like, <laughs> protein. Like it's it, almost like shooting out a rope. It's, it's kind of like reimagining that to me. It's like Spiderman with the webs. Yes. Uh, actually, um, in Cerebus the Aardvark, uh, there was a character <laughs> called Wankerman who, who was exactly that. He was a comic book character within the comic book Cerebus. What? Meta. Just the Tips was like a little hardcover book about. It didn't all, start that way, but you stroke it a little bit. All the yeah, it's all the sexual <laughs> tips and all the the letters to you know like penthouse forums type yeah. stuff. But in Sex Criminals, with nice illustrations of like what they're talking about, and we sold that. We put it right at the register, like like a impulse buy at a comic shop. Yeah, because you know like we're not ashamed of that stuff. I mean we're we're a comic no, store. No, not you guys. And people were buying that to stuff stockings like as a gag gift, like literally. Like a gag gift. <laughs> Had they done any deep throat exercises? Would that I hear that helps. It's, it's pretty sharp. It, there's there's going to be some choking. There's a lot of things that involve choking, but other things, you know, just there's so much stuff. Like I have never tried. Like I was going to say half the stuff. I haven't tried like eighty percent of the stuff in that book. So, so you're this not is the modern update of the Kama Sutra, is what you're saying. You're you're a brimster in that you are a fan of sex crims, but you're. Not a brimster in that you haven't tried fucking your wife's hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that was what was going on in my head, too. You know, like when when I was talking about that, like the hair stuff is that's that's sexy because, you know, like, yes, go I, on. I'm Why a brony. I'm a brony. So I'd like to like just like just, just brush a mane for a long, long time. But I've never thought of like actually ejaculating in a mane, you know, and, so and it just what, opened what up hearing, whole new things. What I'm hearing is that there's something about Mary has an entire fetish dedicated to it. Yes. Okay. Why I, not? I mean, it exists. It does. Roll 34. <laughs> Before we cut to a song, one last image shout out. The Wicked and the Divine by uh, Gillen and Cowles. Really, really, really cool book. Premise, what if gods were reincarnated in a cycle and they came into this 21st century era as rock musicians or just musicians period pop really. stars you pop know? stars yeah rocking the charts There's, you know some and some your minds. Uh, david bowie types some kate bush types some daft punk types some kanye types how the hell are our pop stars our american idols if you want to say how are they not actually just like the greek and roman gods i mean obviously they are obviously that's the same type of devotion and sacrifice i worship and at the altar of t swizzle and this book makes that real and does it in a way that's not um, heavy handed, but actually really fun. So you mean like even Lucifer, person. even Lucifer. What's most interesting to me about the book is that it starts with these people's careers already in place. And there's doubt about who they are, what they are. But then generally their fans are so rabid that it doesn't really matter. Kanye West says that he's a god all the time. Right. And I believe uh, he's on record saying that if the Bible was to be rewritten, he'd be part of it. See now, and and maybe some people actually believe that. There's no reason they shouldn't, because especially Kanye. But Kanye, yeah. Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, all of that. It's you know they're larger than life. Uh, I don't get any of this shit. You know, like I don't get any of that. Like, well, what if they're just gods that have like their sway and their spells and their whatever enigmatic characters like Daft Punk who only show up when uh, when they feel like it. But at its heart, it's actually uh, so far it's a murder mystery. I'm not even sure where it's going. It's just been a really fantastic ride, and the art is incredible. And the first volume is $9.99. We're going to cut to a track. What we got right here is a brand new song from Cuckoo Kangaroo, our favorite summertime fun camp party animals. This is from their recent record, Cafetorium Songs Volume 1, and it's called I Get Loose. I chose this because they talk about their tippy toes. And tippy toe is the name of Squirrel Girl's number one squirrel. At least ever since poor Monkey Joe passed away. I get loose. 
all about your feet. Tippy toes on your tippy toes. Yeah, no one knows about your tippy toes. Tip tip Long-time listener of the show, you probably know Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener, the uh, co-creators of Atomic Robo. Brian's actually one of the co-founders of Nerdy Show, and their book Atomic Robo, Indie Darling, nominated for three Eisners, always late, always late to come out in single issues because of the distributor. So they're doing something about it. They are leaving print comics behind. <clears throat> right? And to mark the occasion. I sat down and talked with them about uh, what it is that they're doing instead and how it's all going to go down. I'm here with creators of Atomic Robo. You know them, you love them. Brian Clevenger and Scott Wegener. Hello. Woo. So excited. Woo. It's good to hear you bringing that energy all the time, Brian. Woo. (laughs) (laughs) Classic Brian. So you guys are on the verge of a huge paradigm shift for Atomic Robo. It's been independently published through Red 5 Comics for a very long time. I'm not sure how many years. Seven years. Seven Seven years. years. And now you're going digital completely as a webcomic series. Yes. Ha. (laughs) Kind of uh, ironic since, Brian, you got your start in webcomics and Robo was your big break into Eisner nominations and success in the print comic world. Yeah. And then I figured, you know, let's go back to the internet and take it straight to the people. (laughs) So you're the Che Guevara of indie comics. I hope one day that we will have our faces on t-shirts. In Walmart. It would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer to being able to fund Robo without print comics is Patreon. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You guys have launched a Patreon at patreon.com slash tesladyne. And of course, as with any Patreon, if you're not familiar with it, it's like Kickstarter, except that it goes on forever. And it's all about funding artists and their ongoing quest to entertain you. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's like Kickstarter. Except instead of a sizable chunk of money for one big payoff, it's more like a sustainable level of support for continuous content. Yeah, it's a lot of people giving just a little bit each, and everybody gets some really cool stuff. Yeah. Hopefully, you, dear listener, are familiar with Nerdy Show's Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdyshow, where the entire network is supported from it. And this is similar, except that it involves comics. Now, you guys are actually releasing the entire Atomic Robo library online? Yes, sir. Not all at once. Well, no, we wouldn't. I mean, that might cause heart attacks and strokes if we did that. But we will drop a few issues a week. And uh, pretty quickly, we will run through the nine volumes that have come out already. And then uh, new pages will start to go online very regularly. 
Yeah. Just to give you an idea of how much thought we've put into this cab, we are already scheduled out through the start of 2016. So we know what's happening like every day from this point forward. That's a big so, deal. <laughs> yeah. So volume 10 pages will start dropping at a point in time so that the volume itself will wrap up and a physical book will be available for people who want that at about the time, maybe a little bit later because of this transition, but, uh, the, but about the same time that they would have expected to get the trade paperback if we'd been doing things as we have in the past. So for those people, it won't matter. The only people who are not getting what they want are those three guys who have been actually reading the single issues of Atomic Robo these seven years. I've been subscribed to that, man. (laughs) You know how it's really hard to get issues of Atomic Robo? Oh, yeah. So with this, boom, that's out of the way. And in practical terms, you're still getting stuff as often as you would have pending diamonds screw-ups. So, bam. And now you can just go to one place, and there's the comic, and there's no worries, and there's no hassle. You don't have to, oh, did it come in, or is it late, or is there a delay, or did they screw up the shipment? None of that. It's all just there. So are you guys releasing the new issues a few pages at a time, or it's going to be like, boom, here's an issue? It will be a page a day, seven days a week for the entire volume. Wow. Now, you may not want to read a robo volume one page at a time. That's okay. Come back, you know, once a week and read that bundle, right? Wait a month. Yeah, have a comic. There you go. Yeah, if you really want to simulate the comic book experience, come back once a month and then click through 22 pages of Atomic Robo. Cool. If you really okay. want to do it, print them out at home, staple them together. A little saddle stitching, go to town. You can make your own zine to read anywhere in your house, not just at your computer. You guys have a slew of great perks for monthly supporters at different tiers and also some very tantalizing milestones. Yeah, that's how we trick you into giving us your money. <laughs> it's all about the trickery. So let's talk about some of these. Yeah, the $5 pledge gets you access to my daily doodles. Every day before work, I have to stretch the creative muscles and limber up my hand before I start messing things up uh, at work. So I By do... By drawing a transformer. Possibly. <laughs> sometimes, always. Or spaceships or whatever. Lately, it's been a bunch of space pig stuff that I've been drawing. It was just a pig in space. Not like the Muppets. More like Star Wars. They get access to that exclusively. And then we'll also take questions for a big weekly mailbag where... Patrons can come at us with any kind of question about the comics industry, freelancing, robo specifically, or nothing at all to do with comic, world politics, whatever. I don't know. History itself, astrophysics, dating advice, whatever. And every week we'll uh, go in depth on select few of those questions and give very entertaining answers and sometimes informative ones. And at $10, you guys uh, are getting a little bit more behind the scenes, right? Yeah, now you're looking behind the curtain of Atomic Robo and seeing all the concept art and all the design work that has to be done before the comic itself is made or while the comic itself is being made. Watch the sausage get processed. (laughs) (laughs) That is exactly what you're doing. Oh, but I love sausage. Oh, no, not anymore. (laughs) That's what we want to give to you. You think you want to know what went into designing Robo's steam-powered monocycle in volume nine until you've seen me draw 700 different steam powered (laughs) monocycles at which point you're as sick of them as i am but it sounds (laughs) cool so that's that's the ten dollar pledge level yes i personally always find that stuff really interesting the process more than the final product stuff that's cut why if it'll show up again it's Mm -hmm. interesting beyond that you get into the territory of the person who could genuinely call themselves a patron of the arts because you're spending real money per month and getting Likewise, very tangible rewards. Yeah, now you're getting into the commission range. These are the fifty and one hundred dollar pledge amounts. They're limited to a total of ten a month, and the the fifty dollar gets you a 
basically a, a convention sketch from me. And at the $100 level, it's a physical copy. And at the $50 level, it's, it's a digital copy. It's great for A, those people who just really want to support us, which we appreciate, or someone who wants to corner the market on Scott Wagner eBay sketches, <laughs> or if you don't go to conventions, but you've always wanted convention sketch, this is a great way to get it. Yeah, those places are filthy. Avoid it. <laughs> yeah, you get stars at those places. That's right. And also free hugs noted. for people you don't want free hugs from. Ugh. You don't have to pledge 50 every single month. You can do it one month, get your oh, sketch, yeah. and then, you know, <clears throat> duck down to a lower tier, whatever. Someone's birthday's coming up. They like Atomic Robo. You hop up there for a month, you get them a sketch. And you want to actually have it, have it, $100 instead of $50. Yeah, you get a nice physical piece of artwork that you can frame and keep for yourself or give to someone. Or just burn it. Or just burn it, you know, when you're done with it, doing whatever it is you were doing with it. Yeah, I hear the ideal way to light cigars and so on is taking something precious and setting it on fire. That's what I've heard. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I use my cats. (laughs) 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 Now... As far as these milestone goals go, at 500, everybody gets volume one in PDF for free. Woo! Nice bonus. But when things start really kicking in like uh, exclusive sort of stuff, at 1,000, you guys are doing a live stream yep. with Scott drawing and Brian taking questions. Have you ever done anything like that before? Like a joint internet event? Not joint, I don't think. I have occasionally just thrown open Google Hangout and drawn. And, and, and I have popped in and like heckled. Right. Mm-hmm. And this would be just like that. Yeah, except we'll actually be physically in the same place, we think. Eventually. Well, well, okay. At 2000 a month, side project stuff starts happening. Yeah. What, what does that mean? I'm going to post short stories and other interesting tidbits of fiction and whatever. Some of it will be robo, some of it will not, and it should be cool. And I am going to be doing some short mini comics, stuff that I've had floating around in my head for a long time. <laughs> so this will finally be a, an actual excuse to put that in the schedule and make those happen. The first thing I want to mess around with is the space pig guy I mentioned earlier, who is a pig in space. You've been what talking about him for, I mean, forever, right? yeah, a long yeah, time. I've, yeah. Yeah. I've been Twittering little pictures, little doodles of him here and there for a couple hey. of years. And Hey, 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 ham solo. Ham solo. No, not happening. <laughs> not happening. That's, that's why you got fired from the writing team, Brian. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> 3,000 more PDFs, but then 5,000 spinoff series. And uh, I see in bold here, Flying She-Devils of the Pacific could be getting their much-needed backstories? Yes, sir. Not quite the origin of the She-Devils, but probably their first big adventure. Yeah, this would be the equivalent of picking up the Real Science Adventure series again. So that's if you guys are getting $5,000 a month, you'll be able to pay guest artists to essentially resume Real Science Adventures forever as a digital comic. Yes. Wow. And just like the Robo volumes, as those volumes are finished, they'll also be collected into a trade paperback. Is Red 5 still publishing you guys when that happens, or is it going to be self-published? Our contract just expired with them. We just reached a point where we feel like we've grown as much as we can with them, and we want to branch out and try other things. And it's just also simple math. You know, indie comics, they have a very loyal following, but it's not a huge following. So... The fewer chefs in the kitchen, the easier it is for us to make it a sustainable living. You know, it's been a struggle. It's been an excellent struggle, but it's been a struggle for seven years. And we kind of want to, you know, we're getting up there long in the tooth, man. We want to live like normal human beings. (laughs) So we're pretty much doing everything ourselves at this point. At (laughs) $10,000, should that happen in that incredible event that that happens, Brian, you quit everything but Robo. Hell yes. That's all I got to say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, fingers crossed that that milestone 
will someday be in you guys' sights. And honestly, like, you know, 5000 a month for the fan base of Atomic Robo and how good these comics are, at least that doesn't seem too far off. If you want to get in on this, it's patreon.com slash tesladyne. All you got to do is decide how much you want. It doesn't have to be at any of those specific tiers. It can be somewhere in the middle if you want to do $25 a month, whatever works. And you can back one of the finest comics out there that has been out there for the past seven years. What are you doing? Well, I'm signing up as soon as we're done recording. But Aaron, you're a retailer. You don't mind, right? No, I mean, this stuff is great. I know all the problems with all the distributing and all that stuff and keeping the trades in stock and all that nonsense that I've had trouble connecting this book to its fans. And they, the creators, they know I've had trouble connecting this book to its fans. As long as they put out collections of the work as it goes that I can sell to people, I'm super happy. And I know they're going to do that because they can sell that at cons. So it's a win-win for everyone. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I, I got a show I do with Brian and Scott, Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts. I say I do, or I more like I have done, more <laughs> like it is way late and that we haven't even touched the past volume of Atomic Robo. Well, Nuts and Bolts is going to come back. I don't have a date yet, but it's happening and it's going to be in tandem with the new volume and so on. So, And what Patreon level will that be? Uh, well, we might be doing some stuff with Patreon, but Atomic Robo Nuts and Bolts will be free to the world. You know, I, I just thought of another image title we haven't mentioned. Robert Kirkman's Outcast. Book is incredible. Outcast about a guy who has dealt with demonic possession all of his life. Yeah, his mom and all that. His mom, his wife. Yes. Is brought back into the throw of things, finds out that he has this special ability to kind of help people who have been possessed by demons because demonic possession is a real thing. Yeah, you And you, you, the reader, know it's real, but he's living in the real world as it mm-hmm. were and and every all signs yeah, point to him on, being crazy or at least Christians that prank. handle snakes actually believe this is real you know? <laughs> <laughs> from everything that kirkman has written about it every single panel has something that's going to have demons a are the later. new zombies demons are the new zombies yes. he invented one genre now he's got to invent another one because this media empire is starting to reach its zenith and he rec- he, he reads the times he has thrown down the bones and he has read and the like leaves. you know how i call stuff and then like it manifests but as if I was actually Booster Gold and came back from the 25th century yep. and only have like vague memories and stuff because I didn't really pay attention <laughs> yeah, to know, shit. Aaron, you have a knack for predictive uh, comic book stuff. You predicted the return of Swamp Thing at Brightest Day. Right. And um, the killer in Identity Crisis. We want to go back like a decade. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, this is true. This is true, listeners. This is like Aaron. If you want to have something spoiled for you as soon as it's announced, Aaron. Talk to Aaron. Aaron doesn't even. He, I mean, not, not even because of any, any insider info. He just figures this stuff out. Aaron Holland, the cryptic mystic. So anyway, um, which 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 book we're we talking about now? Outcast. Oh, with yeah. Outcast. Yeah, it's um, if you read the Bible, I know it's really boring, but um, if you read like the New Testament where Jesus had like this weird thing where like he went to this one place, this like weird island, and he cast out all these demons yeah. from this guy named Legion or whatever. They called him Legion because there's a legion of demons in him, right? We are so legion. he cast them out. He, he outcasts those demons, right? And he put them into a bunch of pigs, and those pigs ran off a cliff and drowned themselves. And um, then all the people wanted to kill Jesus because, like, he fucking killed all their bacon. And they were fucking pissed. This is really in the Bible, I swear to God. Why has and nobody made a comic of this? this no, sounds this amazing. is that comic. This oh. is, the outcast is all those demons that Jesus cast out of Legion into the pigs that went into the water. And then those demons went into the world because of what Jesus did. And that's what outcast is. That, that's what those demons are. And I'd like to point out, Aaron said this to me at issue one. They have still, <laughs> not a single thing about this has shown oh, up yet. Oh, it's only on issue six, Cap. But, Come on. But his track record is very good. 
This is Aaron waiting for him to be able to say, maybe a year from now, I told you so. In the actual Bible verse, they call it, they say outcast in it, which is the same amount of proof texting I've done for, um, <laughs> for rat queens where it's been revealed that I was correct. This is, this is true. Would you, rat would you queens... like to share why you were correct? Well, I don't want to brag much about what <laughs> Oh, I... dear fucking God. <laughs> but I just outpun Tony. <laughs> Out, I, I wouldn't say out punned, but you are definitely, you are on my there, way. For there was it, a, a recent Rat Queens one shot about the character Braga, and she has a, you secret, a secret origin, and Aaron totally, it's not even really 100% the point of this issue, but it was a reveal nonetheless, and uh, Aaron called it long before <laughs> Braga was, used to be a dude and Aaron called it like, and the only the two people I called it to was the two people on this podcast <laughs> so we I can attest that that Aaron is absolutely now admittedly you only called it to me when the solicitation for for Braga had right, come yeah. out well, and also, I was already kind of there that coincided with me actually reading Rat Queens all the way through I read the first issue and we sold out the second issue, and then I didn't read it, and then I read mm -hmm. the trade. If you're soon... not familiar with uh, Rat Queens, it's an incredible tabletop role-playing inspired medieval fantasy comedy. And uh, last year, we did an interview with the uh, co-creators of the book, and we'll link to it on this episode's page. It was a good time. The book reads like you were actually sitting at a session of, of tabletop role-playing. So it's pretty but awesome But it also that is like totally positive. It has really authentic female characters. No, absolutely. It takes on social justice issues in a fantasy setting. Which makes it very, it very much way. more palatable than than Tumblr, and um, <laughs> <laughs> I totally enjoy it. <laughs> Which is why you totally enjoy it because Tumblr does have a tendency to to get up its own reblog. But oh shit! <laughs> um, anyway, um, Braga, I really like that character, and based on like one line of text that she said, yeah, you need to get this one shot. You need to read this book. It's a it's a nine ninety nine trade. This book deserves your support. It pays off. It's fun. You will laugh out loud throughout the book. And it's, it's already been optioned for a cartoon, right, guys? Yeah. Um, actually, weirdly enough, Heavy Metal, the comic <laughs> book, uh, really may be relevant again They're like, someday. We want to work on our sexist image. It, it was, <laughs> heavy Metal was recently acquired by a new party of owners, and it has been a source for incredible independent comics three decades ago, and Gentlemen. then just turned into bullshit mostly gentlemen how can we rethink our sexist image without showing less cleavage rat queens <laughs> is this the part of the podcast where we talk about the comics we don't like we're gonna cut to a track and then when we come <laughs> back tony you're gonna get a chance to vent about a certain comic that i don't think any of us truly enjoy hooray right now it's time for some dragon ball z rap this is a track called own that by kadesh flow it's from geeky incorporated's upcoming compilation album Nerdcore Absolution Volume 3, which drops March 1st. Yeah. 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 I'm just gonna let this speak for myself. You know. Dash. Why would I back down? Times like this are when you act now. Push me in a corner where everything's on the line. Only present matters past to the past now. Everyone around me is gas when I rise with the fact that defense on the last round. They're dead around me. Spectators surround me. All my critics wanna put me on blast now. But pain will sustain all the come up. Make you fire in the range like the hangs of a gunner. I be grinding working on my game for the sun up. Cause I sleep when I'm dead with my brain buried under. Wanna underestimate the kid, but I'm good with the moves. He should make you feel like Super Saiyan's used with the dude. I refuse to be moved by emotion. 
solution. My anger is potent. I've channeled that and use it to rule. Trying to tell me what I fight isn't evil. Claim to protect, but around you they bleed. They'll crush people's heads and they claim they were human. It's lies because life is the light of the people. And I just want to keep the vision alive. Drop it in a disc like a crib. That's surprise if I got to reach another thing to do. It'll cool that I bring a super saiyan flow and chill when I die. And it's hard. But the struggle gives me reason to hard cause I want that I own it I know that if I keep up then I'll own that I own it I'm on track working hard cause I want that I own it I know that if I keep up then I'll own that Maybe I need a trigger to reach another stage Cause powerful isn't enough when you conquer a race They say you too young and they disrespect you for your age So you got a lot to learn when they pretend to be amazed When you show them what you made of and you put them in their place And people on the sidelines wanna take the credit They thought it would be them enough for you to go and get it Let me slow it down Don't rejoice when I fall I'll rise up, be standing tall Light is all up on me in this darkness I demand we ball Stomp the ground, make it shake People watch but can't relate I go Kamehameha on these haters who take the bait They just wanna take it back They know I keep stating facts Everything they play is whack Until they flip and play my tracks Feeling like that teen who went and put Cell in a body bag I'm just here straight dominating Sorry I'm not sorry man And it's hard But the struggle gives me Reason to Working hard cause I want that. I own it. I know that if I keep up then I'll own that. I own it. I'm on track, working hard cause I want that. I own it. I know that if I keep up then I'll own that. I own it. I'm on track, working hard cause I want that. I own it. I know that if I keep up then I'll own that. I own it. I'm on track, working hard cause I want that. I own it. I know that if I keep up then I'll own that. Before we move on to uh, the book that's really chafing Tony's chaps there, um, we got to give some shout-outs here. The entire Nerdy Show Network is supported by you guys, listener-supported, and uh, the way we're doing that now is on Patreon at nerdyshow.com slash Patreon. You can still do one-time donations at nerdyshow.com slash support, but if you'd like to subscribe to the network, get cool perks sent to you, maybe earn some microsodes so you can dictate what we talk about for 15 minutes, then uh, that's where you're going to want to go. And that's where these fine people went and have supported us. You beautiful fucking patrons, you. Shout out to Chairfan, Red Ion, and Miserable Rain God. Also, a uh, one-time donation from Matthew French, who said, Ghostbusters Resurrection is my favorite podcast. You guys should look into doing a third season. Should we now? Yeah, consider it looked into, dear friend. That's kind of spooky that you would say that. <laughs> If you support us at uh, $10 or more on Patreon, we will give you a shout-out every single damn month because you are exquisite. Beautiful, even. So we honor the names of these brave, these bold supporters. Coming to you all the way from Iceland, no joke, Ice Abyss. That's right, Ice. We see you. David Van Pelt. We also have Kyle, also known as Garrier. The totally tubular Temsu. The seriously sweet Sean Lawler. A guy who's always cracking wise. Kevin Wise. Oh, God. And the Bryans of the operation, Brian Shulman. <laughs> hey, that was an episode title. That's digging back. 
I ain't Joshin. That's Joshua Westfall. Taking it to the Eric Maxiner. I'm pretty sure I've used that pun for your name before, but it's so good. It's so good. I haven't heard it, so it's new to me. <laughs> Recently graduated from the, the school of Talos, Dr. Talos, barricading your favorite preservatives. It's Kurt Fortenberry. Oh my god. The, the style of the comedy style is with Tony Baldini, everybody. Man. Hey! Oh, you guys have missed me. I need to stretch my comedic wings. That's that's rough. Let's hear it for Chair Fan, everybody. Chair Fan. Chair Fan. Woo! Yeah. And uh Malron! Malron! Scouring the dimensional void with Virgil. It's mighty Matthew Cox. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take the Mighty Max reference. I can dig that. I, I didn't think you'd argue too awful loud. Arch nemesis of Sean T. Blue. It's Sean T. Red. <laughs> yes, perfect, perfect. And last but definitely not least, Jeffrey Voss, the final the boss. boss. That's the one. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, that's it. Now, you guys are all awesome. I, I want you guys to remember, you get a shout out every month. So we can either do something funny with your name or at the turn of every month, you can send us a new message, a new shout out, and we will read it. So keep that in mind for February. We are your slaves. We're your voice monkeys. Yeah. We'll and I mean, hell, pick a voice. We'll read it in that voice. All right. But anyway, let's talk some comics right now. We've been talking indies really intensely this whole episode. And I think that's because that's, that's right now. That's mostly what's going on. That's truly mind blowing. Marvel is still kicking ass as usual. Spider-Verse is an incredibly, incredibly oh fun story. God, yeah. Every time I think it's run out of surprises, it just goes and surprises me more. Short sell for Spider-Verse is it's a multiversal event where these killers are coming from the multiverse and they feast on the essence of any... Any, any totemistic. Any, yeah, any, any totemistic representation of a spider from the African god Anansi to Spider-Man. And it's the setup of J. Michael Straczynski. He introduced the concept of Morloon and these people who fed on the totemistic individuals back in his run in the early 2000s. Right. And now it's Dan Slott just not taking that concept, running with it, and knocking it out of the fucking park. Best thing any mainstream comic can do. Like, Dan Slott is killing it on this. Like, you have a company character, super corporate, all these different incarnations of it, all these different mm -hmm. writers that have done stuff. He's doing the best thing that any writer could do on a corporate character. I'm loving it. Can we mention the Sapitaman from, from the old Japanese TV show? Yeah. Finally being part of but, the canon. I know we made a mention of it on the series, I don't but... give a shit about that or the Gundam shit with Spider-Man. The punk Spider-Man with great power comes no future. I, I was <laughs> spent with that. I was like, oh my god. Dan Slott was born to write this character. And you know how he's been taking so much stuff from animation? Mm -hmm. Newsflash, punk Spider-Man is going to be on the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon show now. Which... That's fucking cool. Have we mentioned on here that Miles Morales showed up in Ultimate Spider-Man and was voiced by Donald Glover? About fucking time. Pretty badass. It's weird talking about Marvel because they... Marvel is they the midway, like we were talking about earlier, it's got a lot of that kind of independent flair with some of their books, the Hawkeye, the Secret Avengers, but it's also still got some of that, that big two problems, so it's like this midway point between Image and DC. <laughs> yes. Uh. And as such, they're enjoying success, which more power to Marvel. Their cinematic universe is amazing. It, it seems like a lot of Marvel's launches, their new launches have been more hits than misses. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Ant-Man was brilliant, too. And uh, Nick Spencer, right? Yes. I'm excited about Ant-Man. I'm excited about yeah. what they're doing with that. So you have Ant-Man, you have uh, Squirrel Girl, even Angela. They got great artists and a great writer, and it's a good book. So Marvel, all their launches lately have been Freaking solid, which yeah. is weird. You nailed it. Great artist, great writer. They will produce great work. And it seems like they're influenced by image. They're letting the creators do 
what do the more things. Want. Yeah, and, and DC's got a, a rare gem like uh, Batgirl. Batgirl's all right. I feel like it looks better than it's written. But then uh, I mean, Jimmy Palmiotti and, and Amanda Connors, Harley Quinn. Those guys have been putting out the perfect Harley Quinn book. Yes, and almost like two a month with all the specials they're doing and everything. I and know. The market's eating it up. Like it's not oversaturated. Like anyone arguing that it's oversaturated just isn't reading it because <laughs> I'm a retailer. I'm saying no, it's is not. People are loving this. And I mean, there have been good books from DC too. Really? Name five. Well, we just named two. Harley and Batgirl. Okay. Harley and Batgirl. Three more. I'm still enjoying Batman by by Snyder and Kilo. Of course, I'll give you that. I am enjoying Johns and Jr. Jr. on Superman. Okay, I'm like enjoy- after. Who was on it? Sure. And I am enjoying Pack and Cooter on. Everyone keeps telling me to comics. read Action Comics. Yeah, and as Action Comics is actually really, really good right now. It's because it's Greg Pack. Greg Pack knows what he's doing. Yeah, so he what does. am I up to? Four? Grant Morrison, Multiversity is probably the best book they're putting out right now ever since Wonder Woman ended. The incredible yes. Wonder Woman. Every run. issue of Multiversity, I was like, if this was an ongoing, it would be better than almost all the ongoings they do. Every issue of Multiversity is set in a different continuity yes. that uh, Grant Morrison is essentially inventing from the ground up. Yes. And they have some connective threads, but where it's going is undetermined thus so far. He revisited the Charlton universe, the comics publisher. In Thunderworld. That uh, Alan Moore based on to create Watchmen. That was Pax Romana, and that was amazing. Yeah. That was like, in the first couple pages, they did what was hinted at in Watchmen of the uh, Kennedy assassination. Yeah. And then he just went like balls out from there. And it's like, I want a 12 issue series of Pax Romana by Grant Morrison. <laughs> Even though know? it was reminiscent of Watchmen. Yeah. At, after the first issue, I was like, please let there be more. It's right. So good. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I haven't read Multiversity simply because, first off, I know Morrison's writing. I know that it's, it's a tantric ride generally. And as mm-hmm. much as I enjoy it, it's not always something I have the patience for. With it being just this huge multi universe spanning thing. I was afraid that it was going to be too dense for me as a not deeply steeped individual of the DC background that I wouldn't be able to actually get into it and enjoy it, especially since I heard him on a podcast defining the map of the universes. Oh, yeah. Everything has that everything the handbook he's coming out with next month that that kind of terrifies me. But this kind of an endorsement, not me. One hand's going to be on the handbook. (laughs) The other hand's going to be on my dick. (laughs) It's going to be hard. I'm aware. I, I know about your fixation that's with Morrison. That's the kind of handbook it's going to be. <laughs> Morrison knows about your fixation with Morrison, and that's why there's a restraining order in place. <laughs> However, this kind of an endorsement does tell me that I really should be reading this book. Yes, here's the thing. Issue one may be a little baffling because I think issue one actually sets up some of the groundwork for whatever the larger scale situation is, which mm-hmm. is what the handbook is going to be yes, tied the into. Bookend. Grant Morrison does have some very complex webs that he weaves. But you don't need to worry about any of that because generally the series is one and done, incredible books, and that's all you need. You pick it up, you go, you read it. There's other stuff happening in the background. Maybe it'll make sense in the end. Maybe it won't. And don't you even wish need to worry about it. That it was an ongoing series. Yeah, every single one. <laughs> so okay, that's that's all. I'm sold. I'm sold. And the other thing though is that um, Pax Romana. Seriously, that single issue, and yeah, it was double sized, whatever. But that mm-hmm. that one issue was better than all the before Watchmen combined. Like it damn. <laughs> no, and there was I, it, I don't I don't necessarily hate on the before no, Watchmen. No, before Watchmen there was, was really great, there's great talent, it was great stuff, but as far as like capturing my imagination and wanting more, that yes. was it. Yes. I don't I think before Watchmen was allowed to have that power. 
Probably. Of course not. Yeah. Um, Tony, you've been, you've been dying to talk about the DC weeklies because you don't like them. Really so stop not taking them from, for free from a comic shop. You dick. I have invested enough time into Future's End at this point that I owe it to myself to see how it ends. It's kind of like hate watching TV shows. Pretty much. All right. If you're not familiar, last year DC started two weekly books, New 52 Future's End and Batman Eternal. Batman Eternal is good. They're coming out every single week. It's sort of like the book they did way back that was amazing, 52. Which I had read and loved! Uh, Which is like the Beatles of their writers. You know, it's like four great writers right. all doing their own thing. Oh yeah. Together. So they're trying to have a, a collective writer group put together this book and have, have a bunch of stories interweaving and so on. And it works to varying effect. In the case of New 52 Future's End... Not so much. And I, I am like King Bufu fan of the Batman Beyond universe. I love... Oh, then you must feel underserviced. Oh what about the rumor God. that Batman Beyond Terry McGinnis is going to die and Tim Drake's going to take over the role of Batman Beyond? I'm almost okay with that because for God's sake, let the man rest. Terry McGinnis as a character is interesting here. There are a lot of interesting characters. There are interesting threads. There is shit poor execution. Holy God. I, who, is, who the fuck is 50 Sue? I don't know. I have no idea. I Where can't. The fuck I've, read, is 50 I've read every single issue. I have no idea. <laughs> She's I can't Gabrielle. really comment much on this because all I do is flip through the pages yeah, yeah. and don't really read it. it. Even though there's writers I love on it, like Azarello, I don't hear his voice anywhere when I read it. I know? don't feel, I don't hear any voice. It is a bunch of static and white noise and God bless DC's continuity or their attempt at it with the new 52 all <laughs> taking place five years after this initial event that the Justice League series started, and then this Ugh. takes place five years after that? Don't, don't let this talk scare you Just away from comic books if you've gotten this far. Just make your point stop talking about timelines. It's, the timeline, it's a nightmare. The timeline plays a big deal in this Just make book. your point. It's terrible. <laughs> Mr. Terrific is involved somehow in all this. There's an even further future Batman that comes back with Joker's head on the back of it. Yeah, that, yeah, like, all this sounds like, like Manny faces from Master <laughs> Universe. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if all this so sounds bad. like convoluted gibberish that doesn't make any sense, imagine trying to read it week to week. Right. This is what would happen if you were to like take a TV show and take a single scene and split it into four episodes, play one part of that scene over the course of a month, and then expect somebody to understand what the fuck is going on halfway through. Here's what I do. I flip through it, and if there's a storyline that kind of interests me, like, oh, what happened to Gem World? What's Amethyst doing? Okay, I'll check that out, even though the rest of that story is kind of whatever. Oh, 50 Sue's on the page? Skip, 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 skip. <laughs> that I sounds mean, like a much healthier and, way to read and, it. And I admit, I did try to figure out what was going on with her. It's a little, it's, it got a little bit better, admittedly. I wanted, the, the Grifter story started out really strong when the book started, and then it went to shit. I'm a big fan of Grifter because I was Yeah, yeah, he's like DC's Boba Fett. I was at that demographic <laughs> when he was in the 90s, when he was first coming out, loved his design yeah, for whatever reason. That's when you got your first it. direction. Absolutely. So of course you like him. I want Grifter to be cool. I want to feel that like, oh, dude, this design. And then I didn't give a shit. I just read the storylines that are interesting to me and I don't buy the book. Comic book retailers should be respected. You should buy your books. Don't buy this book. Don't, don't buy it I want I want to redirect this to Tony. Tony, would you stop taking this book for free from a comic shop? Certainly. <laughs> you did it, Aaron. Intervention. We I got will, you. I will drop this book. Because what people don't know is Tony is an artist sometimes. Most so times, in fact. He, he, does, he is an artist. Semi-pro, you so know? I'll go with semi-pro. Semi-pro. I can allow that. And, like, he does art for comic shop in exchange, mm -hmm. quid pro quo, for um, <laughs> comic books. And um, this is one of the books he takes, which he's talking shit about. So I just want people to know the hypocrisy and the utter moral bankruptcy and <laughs> lack of integrity of Tony. <laughs>
<laughs> you are, are you telling me, Mr. Aaron Holland of a comic shop fame, Mr. Aaron Holland, have you never hate read a book? Um, yes. Never in your life have you never hate read a book? Yeah, but I did don't, you not realize like, it was shit not currently. Until, no book that I hate read is currently at my house. Can you say the same? No, I cannot. <laughs> because I also didn't realize I was hate reading this book until about a month ago. Wow, right, man! Like this was your intervention, so I don't expect you to have already made that. <laughs> to, to have made that revelation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I am. I am happy to drop this book and pretend it doesn't exist. And bear in mind, dear listener, dear friend, on the other end of this microphone, I was getting this book for free, and I'm not taking it anymore. Seriously, yeah. I'm Tony not is coming to this, this book revelation anymore. Where, you know, I've owned a comic book store for like nine years or so, so I understand. Like, there are books not worth my time to even read for free. And this I'm, is one of I'm glad books. Tony has come to this realization. <laughs> I'm just, I'm so happy you and, were here. And what's, you know, it's really sad because this book should, by all accounts, be one of the must-read titles. And it should be amazing. one of the writers is one of my favorite writers, Brian Azzarello. Yeah. He's great. He's incredible. The stuff with Constantine in the book has been good. No, it hasn't. It really kind of, hasn't. I've that cover it. looked cool. Yo, the covers have been great lately. Man. <laughs> I like the idea that Constantine, the biggest asshole in the world, is the one sent to save the big blue Boy Scout. Yeah, sure, that's, that's a great cool idea. Concept, but it's, you have to argue the execution. No, I don't. I don't need to. I don't because I've now got what like six. No, I've got what I'm saying is I've got six minutes on record saying how poor the execution. No, has but been. Um, Earth Two, which is also a clusterfuck, I actually enjoy because it's like action movie, big explosions, whatever. And I know that like it's it's a mess. The camera goes from here to here to here. It's all jarring. I, but I didn't even attempt. Crazy that, stuff happens, and Constantine has been cool in that. Our Constantine from our Earth or whatever goes to Earth two, and the Constantine on Earth two is actually not a bastard. He's actually like a well-adjusted guy that settled down, has a <laughs> wife, his mother and father are still alive, like all his family, all his loved ones, everyone's still alive. You and should, they all you love him. Your mouth right now. This and and make any they, sense and, to and he doesn't do any magic at all he's just a happy guy that's good to his friends and good to his family and everyone loves him and then Constantine's there he's like oh shit Constantine wants to save his mother and father and mm -hmm. like who he should have married you know Chaz and all those people to take them to Earth 1 he can do it but he can't take his counterpart to Earth 1 because the spell gets all like Wibbly static wobbly. on the line you know because he can't take himself and his counterpart together to Earth 1. So is I, I know that the premise is that it's like an apocalypse. Is Earth 2 really ending? Is yes. It, really? Yes. It's gone. Yes. They're killing off characters every issue. They're destroying that world. I have every... Wow. Reading it I truly believe that that Earth will be no more at the end of this storyline that's impressive if that's that true. actually that actually sounds and like a story when you're reading, i want to read when you're reading um futures in you know that there's refugees from the from earth, earth two, two yeah and why would there be if they could just Holy go back fuck, to earth there's two. an actual tie-in that makes sense <laughs> yeah, that's, that's crazy. what i'm saying is the camera jumps around all over but i still it's still on the top of my stack of reading and i'm reading it kind of um guilty pleasure ish uh -huh. but still like i would fight you if you wouldn't let me read the next issue of that. I would totally punch you <laughs> in the face. As opposed to punching me in the face because I was trying to read the next issue of yes. Future's End. Yes. At some level, I'm enjoying it. For reals. I'm glad to hear that. And I'm also kind of glad to hear that there was actually something in Future's End that had a, a modicum of thought put behind it. Before we close out, I want to talk about <laughs> two more books. Big Trouble in Little China, written by John Carpenter himself and Eric Powell I read, of the goon fame. I, I read the first couple issues and then just for whatever reason it fell out of my pole. And what I fell is off wrong of with you? It fell off of my pole. I fell out of it. 
but it was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. It is as authentic as it gets. I mean, Eric Powell has been sourcing the kind of humor that was found in Big Trouble Little China his entire career, and now he's working <laughs> alongside John Carpenter to create the ultimate Big Trouble in Little China experience that's a direct extension immediately following the events of the film. Which, yes. can I say, I love his new pet. <laughs> yes. His yeah. new pet slash sidekick slash friend. The, uh, the demon, uh, the demon that, yeah. that was going to eat him at the end of the movie is, in fact, just a big, dumb monkey. <laughs> right. And I can say, like, anyone that likes any movie ever, if I could say there's a comic that immediately follows the movie you love that you never got any more of, and you don't want to read it, you're illiterate. You know, there's something wrong with you, you know, like there's nothing wrong with the concept of a comic taking place right after the movie. You're just an illiterate motherfucker. And the other book is The Twilight Zone, written by J. Michael Straczynski. And uh, this book is, his run is about to be concluded and then it's going to get picked up from another writer. We'll see if they can, if they can match what he's done. Straczynski actually wrote for Twilight Zone during the 1980s in the 1980s Twilight Zone run. Holy shit. That's 30 years ago. Right. Here he is picking it back up, and this is one of the most dynamic television property explorations I've ever seen in comic books. He's telling the story of three people whose lives are intertwined in consecutive stories that will all amount to sort of a, a bigger picture. So you have each of their own Twilight Zone stories told over a four issue block. And then it transitions into the next character, rewinds, and you're like, oh man, I remember this person. I, that, that was a person that they just interacted with in the background of this one thing, and now it's all tied together. And it's incredible. It's just, it's just phenomenal, really true-to-form Twilight Zone stories. It's a perfect representation of what Twilight Zone is all about, and it's done in the comics medium incredibly. And that's one of the things that's like the hidden strength of the comics medium, is that the budget of comics is so low... That as long as they have the money to pay J. Michael Straczynski to write it, they can do whatever the fuck they want Pretty and much. give the fans exactly what the fans would be clamoring for. And that's just like so amazing about comic books. And that is a heck of a note to end on. So <laughs> was, it, was it was it good for you guys? Because this this was a long time coming. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening to this episode of Nerdy Show. We'll be coming at you next week with a special episode of Nerdy Show where we're going to be talking to Joe Harris, author of X Files season ten who is resurrecting X-Files' sister show, Millennium, in comic books. So whether you followed Millennium, which is an incredible show that I've recently fallen in love with, or you've never heard of it before, we're going to usher you into the dark and dreary world of Frank Black, and uh, hope you'll be with us next week. And before we go, remember, we're going to be linking to all the books we've mentioned on this episode's page. And if you follow those links through to Amazon and you buy those books, then you are also supporting Nerdy Show. So keep that in mind, and if you gain any new favorites from this episode, then let us know about it on this episode's comments or in the Nerdy Show forums. Taking us out, we got a very recent track by Adam Warrock about this generation's current Ant-Man and the Ant-Man who stars in the forthcoming film, Scott Lang. It's actually possibly one of my favorite Adam Warrock tracks to happen in a while, and it's from his track log. But uh, if you're hungry for a new Adam Warrock release... He's got a new EP coming out January 22nd, produced by Mikhail Cahill, featuring vocals from Cahill himself, as well as Sulphur and Mega Rand. So keep an eye out for that. If you're hungry for more nerd music, be sure to tune in to nerdy.fm. And as always, stay tuned for new Nerdy Show every Monday. Thanks so much for listening. Bye, I'm Cap. Bye, I'm Aaron. Bye, I've been Tony. The big things become little things I know that I really ain't proud that I did these things Served my time in the prison scene Just trying to live a life for my family The biggest thing is for my little Cassie I'm a dude
be true it for a little bit Swipe the cash and electronics, I'm good at it I'm even better when I got a reason You can meet me at Avengers Tower any other season Would have been another criminal, another washed out bum Another deadbeat dad, the place where I'm from Second chances get forgotten and criminals left to rot in the prison system And so this helmet I've been given from Pym It lets me talk to the smallest among us Fight along the side of superheroes, no one can touch us I am too small, I slip past the fences The name is Ant-Man if I forgot to mention Sometimes I feel like I've been goddamned Running away with the loot in hot hands Still I got plans, can't stop the man You don't know what it's like to be Scott Lang Sometimes I feel like I've been goddamned Running away with the loot in hot hands Still I got plans, can't stop the man You don't know what it's like to be Scott Lang So here I stand, board member of the Future Foundation I came a long way, my previous location New Defenders, veteran Avenger Came back from death that I don't really remember In this game my brain is just translating the flow sometimes And my name trapped in the negative zone sometimes And so I say just as close down to the floor sometimes I know you don't really know me, how could you? I never let you in Stayed on my grind and only watched for my next akin Welcome everybody back to the show Say that name one time just in case you didn't know Sometimes I feel like I've been Thank you for listening to Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes or like us and follow us on SoundCloud. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show network alive by telling a friend or funding the Nerdy Show via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network. And there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. To find out how Tony ever gets laid, <laughs> ask me, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron, how do I get laid? Uh, you tricked a woman into marrying you, and then you were at her beck and call 24-7 that for the rest correct. of your life. correct. That is correct. You can subscribe <laughs> to Nerdy Show via iTunes and SoundCloud. Leave a comment, like, share, and follow Nerdy Show on all of your favorite social networks like Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. We're everywhere. Plug in. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. We're glad to be your home for authentic nerdy entertainment. My Um, beer is 11%. What's your beer? My beer is almost gone. (laughs) That's not a percentage. What 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 do we got, Terrapin? Come on, God talk damn about. it! He Thank can't you. even read the percentage. All right, six point one. I'm just so entirely skinny.